Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 111, and I'm drinking Tia Maria. With each episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. I'm featuring Tia Maria on this episode because I believe someone recently requested that I feature it. Plus, it's an old brand and is often compared to or substituted for Kahlua that I featured more than two years ago, back in episode 30. So, Tia Maria, it's your time to shine. The bottle I have for the tasting is a standard 750 milliliter bottle of Tia Maria. It is 26.5% ABV or 53 proof, and it retails at around $31. The bottle is black glass. It's rather a simple shape, but the base is a rounded square tapered up to a fully round shoulder that progresses up to a four-finger neck, as I would call it. You can carry the bottle in one hand by the neck. It's capped with a mostly black metal screw cap. On the collar of the cap is a bright red wave detail, styled like a paintbrush stroke. The front label is paper and contour cut to the text of Tia Maria, the logo type, at the top of the label. Background of the label is black to blend with the glass. All the text is white with the red paint stroke behind some of the text in the lower portion. The label reads, Tia Maria, Cold brew, coffee liqueur, with vanilla and 100% Arabica. Proof and volume information finish the front label. The back label is a small vertical rectangle with this text above the government warnings and barcode. An enchanted fusion between 100% Arabica coffee beans and premium vanilla. 100% Arabica releases the unique Tia Maria fragrance thanks to special cold brew extraction. It then also notes that Tia Maria is a product of Italy and is colored with caramel. More on that in production. But now on to a tasting. Let's go ahead and open this bottle up. Screw cap. Cracks right open. And as always, I'm tasting with a clean Glen Karen glass. It's a whiskey nosing glass, tulip shaped, so we can see the spirit, nose the spirit, of course, taste the spirit. Let's go for a pour. In the glass, it definitely looks like coffee. It's a very dark amber or coffee color, actually. But if you look at the surface right as it touches the edge of the glass, you get some gold tones there. But I would call it coffee colored. On the nose, (laughs) coffee, coffee for sure. There's also a, a chocolatiness to it. Get some cocoa. Brand tells me there's some tobacco flavor notes in it, which maybe, maybe I get those. I, I smell a sweetness, a sugar to it. It is a liqueur, so that would be expected that there's sugar in it. Quite nice all around. I don't pick up much alcohol on the nose. And on the palate... Mm. 
It's a little bit thick, which is to be expected from the sugar in it, but a very nice coffee flavor with some chocolatey notes. It's quite well balanced. It is definitely sweet, but not too sweet, I would say. Let's try it again. I'm definitely picking up the vanilla on this, this tasting of it. It's coffee, vanilla, chocolatey, sweet. Don't really pick up any alcohol flavor. I can feel it a little bit on the palate because this is 26.5% ABV. So I can feel it, but it's not hot by any stretch. One more quick little sip. Definitely get a, a nice coffee flavor on the finish. It's quite smooth, and indeed you can enjoy this just neat as I am. Okay, let's talk history. Tia Maria has very recently undergone some packaging updates that border on a rebrand, in my opinion. I say very recently because the old bottles are still out there in the wild as of this recording. I was on a cruise just last month and was served Tia Maria from the prior bottle design, and you know cruise ships go through a lot of distilled spirits. They're serving a lot, so they're keeping their stock rotated. But indeed, just last month, I was served from the old bottle design. Yet the website and my local liquor stores carry the new version I just described. There's a focus on cold brew with this packaging and 100% Arabica and vanilla spelling out the ingredients and even the production process, cold brew, to describe the liqueur. The previous packaging had the same glass shape, but the label featured prominent red swatches at the bottom, forming a V in the middle with a coat of arms in the center and the text coffee liqueur very small under the logo. Perhaps I'm getting ahead of myself. Tia Maria is an old brand, as I stated in the intro. It originated in 1947, according to the prior label. The date flanked the coat of arms, and that's probably true. Yet the origin story reaches back further, and of course, there's a marketing spin. Here's the backstory still cited in Marketing Today. In the mid-17th century, a beautiful young Spanish aristocrat fled the turmoil of colonial war in Jamaica, leaving behind the family plantation during the conflict. Her maid was the only one to accompany her and packed up a bit of jewelry in a jewelry box, currently claimed to be black pearl earrings, along with an ancient family recipe for a mysterious liqueur. The fleeing aristocrat named the liqueur in honor of her courageous maid, who helped save her life, dubbing it Tia Maria, where Tia in Spanish means aunt. The recipe lay dormant until the 1940s when Dr. Kenneth Lee Evans rediscovered it and began to produce and market the liqueur. Ah, the classic ancient recipe rediscovered tale. Makes for a good story, but it's probably not true. The more likely origin is that a Jamaican man named Morris Cargill, who among other things was a novelist and friend of Ian Fleming, author of the James Bond novels. Morris Cargill recounts in his book, Jamaica Farewell, published in 1978, that he, in fact, was trying to recreate a coffee liqueur that his aunt used to make. But unable to get his hands on the original recipe, he connected with Dr. Kenneth Evans to develop the recipe based upon Cargill's memories of it. 
The two partnered with others in Jamaica, most notably Eustace Myers of Myers Rum, to produce the first 5,000 cases, with the coffee being sourced from Blue Mountain Coffee, supplied by Caleb Munn, whose family had been growing coffee in Jamaica since 1885. Cargill hired the London ad agency J.P. McNulty to brand the liqueur and design the labels. Apparently, after a few days of trying to come up with a name, Cargill recounted the story of trying to get his aunt's original recipe, and Joseph McNulty was quoted as saying, I know exactly what we'll call the damn liqueur. Aunt Mary, Tia Maria. This version of the origin makes sense to me, but of course, I wasn't there. The brand website doesn't ever mention Morris Cargill, just Kenneth Evans, and at one point had stated that Evans had discovered the drink after World War II and began reproducing it. In this version, Appleton Rum's parent company produced the concentrate the liqueur was made from. The Canadian distilled spirits firm Hiram Walker acquired the Tia Maria brand in the early to mid-1980s. At this time, Tia Maria was bottled at 31.5% ABV, or 63 proof, and positioned as a premium liqueur. Hiram Walker was acquired by Allied Lions, which became Allied Dometic. In 2005, Pernod Ricard acquired Allied Dometic, making Hiram Walker a subsidiary, as the Hiram Walker name hadn't gone away entirely yet. However, Pernod Ricard also owned Kahlua, and still does. So as of part of a debt reduction plan in 2009, necessitated by the acquisition of Vinin Spirits the prior year, Pernod Ricard sold Tia Maria to Italian firm Ilva Serrano for 125 million euro, or about 177 million US dollars at the time. Production had changed under Pernod Ricard's ownership, as part of the deal included Pernod's Chivas brothers would produce Tia Maria for the Ilva Serrano for a year after the sale. Proof was reduced to 40, or 20% ABV, for many markets at some time since the 1980s when it was at 63 proof. However, Ilva Serrano has invested in Tia Maria and stepped up the quality, likely improving it. The recent change to the cold brew process and prominence of vanilla and 100% Arabica on the label supports this. It's also higher proof again. At least for me, it's 26.5% ABV or 53 proof, which perhaps coincidentally, or maybe not, is the proof that Kahlua was bottled at up until 2004. I can't find specific sales data for Tia Maria, but as recently as 2020, a sales sheet for the trade stated that Tia Maria was outpacing the category in both volume at plus 19% and revenue at plus 13%. So it seems to be on the upswing. So now on to how it's made. A representative of the brand stated that Tia Maria is made thusly. Our master roaster scours certified Arabica plantations looking for the ideal green coffee beans that will be blended together to achieve the unique coming together of flavors used for Tia Maria production. We also source pure bourbon vanilla extract, which is matured for at least three months to intensify its essence. 
Finally, we select Jamaica's richest white overproof rum, distilled from sugarcane molasses and cultivated on plantations near the seaside. It is of crystal transparency, decisive, boasts hints of mature fruit and spices, and gives Tia Maria its distinctive body and structure. The finished product undergoes a double filtration and is controlled once more before finally being bottled. Regarding the coffee and cold brew process, it's noted that the 100% Arabica beans are given a medium roast to extract some notes of cacao and tobacco. The roast beans are then coarsely ground and cold brewed, which simply is steeping the grounds in water at room temperature with some alcohol added to the solution. This steeps or brews for 6 to 12 hours, after which the solids are removed from the liquids, it's left to settle, and then filtered. Cold brew produces a sweet, low-acid coffee compared to a hot brew, and the two brewing methods will give you a very different flavor profile in your cup from the same beans. The vanilla comes from Madagascar and is referred to as bourbon vanilla, which has nothing to do with the American whiskey bourbon. Bourbon vanilla is simply the generic name for vanilla panifolia and is the variety of vanilla most commonly used for producing vanilla extract. Vanilla panifolia stock originated in Mexico, vanilla's birthplace, but cuttings were taken to other tropical regions in the 1700s. In the 1800s, the French developed large plantations on the Bourbon Islands, which are now referred to as Reunion, off the coast of Madagascar, hence the name Bourbon Vanilla. Vanilla is a seed pod and the flowers are hand-pollinated everywhere outside vanilla's native Mexico. The seed pods are then hand-harvested, they're cured, wrapped, and dried in a four-step process that can take four to six months. The extract is then left for at least three months to intensify its essence in an alcoholic solution. As for the rum, well, that's Jamaican white overproof rum produced from sugarcane grown near the seaside. I don't know the distillery Tia Maria sources it from, but there's a couple that might come to mind. So that's how it's made. Now on to cocktails and consumption. Tia Maria is often enjoyed on its own over ice. However, the brand does claim it was the first coffee liqueur to be used in an espresso martini back in the 1980s. And that might be true. Who knows, really? What I do know is Tia Maria does make a good espresso martini. The brand recommends equal parts Tia Maria to vodka and two or four parts espresso. But like any distilled spirit, drink it as you like. Recipes abound. So in summary, what do I think of Tia Maria? I must say it's quite good. It's very smooth. It's mellow, easy drinking right out of the bottle. Neat, as it were. I would almost say it's better than Kahlua. Kahlua is the market leader, but I have a feeling that Tia Maria has their sights set on overtaking Kahlua. Honestly, they're interchangeable liqueurs. They're both very similar, but if you're going to drink them neat, you know, drink your preference. Tia Maria is a bit more expensive than Kahlua for me. It's almost, almost a third more expensive. It does have a nice origin story, whether or not you believe the 17th century uh, fair maiden escaping colonial war and uh, some secret manuscript. If you believe that marketing spin, or even if it's just the, I would argue, more truthful story of 
uh, Morris Cargill trying to recreate his aunt's recipe, but couldn't get her recipe. I mean, that's still a uh, family recipe being rediscovered in some sense. So I find there's honesty in either version. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor in the Core Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Show notes are on liquorinthecoreconnoisseur.com. This episode in particular has a lot of references for it. You can also find the show on your favorite podcast platform. I'm active on social media, primarily Facebook and Instagram. I love hearing from my listeners. Tia Maria, I believe, was a request. So if there's a spirit you'd like me to feature in an upcoming episode, please do reach out. And as always, thank you for listening.